I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today, it's me all alone by myself again. Shelley is very, very busy and can't always be with us, but I do have a guest. And my guest's name is E.G. Creel. She is the author of The Immortal, and she has come to talk to us about writing routines, discipline, and how to write a lot really fast, even if you have distractions. Distractions may include the children that you might possibly hear in the background at some point during this recording. Don't be alarmed. They're on the other side of the microphone. Welcome to the show, Eva. It's so nice to be on the show. Thank you so much, Emma. And I am literally hiding from my kids right now. I mean, I am on my floor crawling around and hoping that my Bluetooth like works from wherever I'm going so that they don't know where I am. Because as soon as they figure it out, game over. That's it. My time is going to be up. Okay. Okay. So that's a great start to the most important question here, which is how do you get any writing done under those conditions? Okay. So uh, one word at a time, you, you know, we really do have time to write every day. We do. It's uh, a matter of if we want to or not, we have time for social media. We have time to eat. Sometimes those meals aren't home cooked. Sometimes it has to be fast food. But we do have time for the important things. And writing is an important thing. And it may be just two minutes here. And then I my hand will literally be torn away from the laptop and I'll have to go take care of some crisis or or um, have Blippi come in and and uh, babysit. But, you know, uh, that time in between allows me to daydream about what I want to write next. So I never have that conundrum of staring at a screen thinking, what should I write now? It's always, um, I know what I want to write and I need to sneak away so that I can write it as quickly as I can before I get caught and then think about what I want to write next. I like how you make this sort of a clandestine event. Like it reminds me of when I was in school and I was supposed to be paying attention and I would be writing whatever I was working on instead of taking notes. Yes. This is like doodling in your notebook. Exactly. And just daydreaming about what you'd rather be doing. Ooh. And I think it shows up in my writing too. The whole thing is there's nothing boring. It's a very short novel or long novella, depending on who you want to argue with. It's (laughs) 46,000 words and there's no filler. It's just wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. That was a satisfying read. Because there's uh, no time for, I guess, the fat. Mm -hmm. So how do you edit under those conditions? Because I feel like for a lot of writers, the editing part is the part that takes like real focused brain power. Oh, yeah. The editing gave me a migraine. That was when (laughs) I I, I realized that writing wasn't fun. (laughs) And that was 
when I entered the what the hell was I thinking phase of the project is I had all of these ideas. They were all on paper. I was on a high from being able to accomplish writing, you know, 46,000 words out in six weeks with two small children at home. And I thought, man, this is this is the best thing ever. And then I had to start editing it. Oh, Lordy, Uh, I'm dyslexic. And I got a D in high school English. <laughs> and I don't know what a comma is supposed to do. And I didn't realize I didn't know what a comma was supposed to do. So I, I, I bought Grammarly and I did what I could on Grammarly. And then I found a professional and I hmm. said, listen, I'm a hot mess. Will you work with me? I will pay you money. And so after <laughs> self-editing as much as I could, which unfortunately was uh, I, I, some people self-edit that they, they write their or reread their selves, you know, eight, 10 times and keep finding mistakes. I didn't have time for that. I did. I reread my story one and a half times and then I hired somebody. (laughs) That's, that's really smart. It's a really smart use of your time. And we definitely on this podcast encourage people to invest in those things that are going to move the needle. And that is invest in a cover artist and invest in editing because those are the things that make a huge difference to how professional your book looks. Yes, and I was so embarrassed. I mean, I I had some typos in there. Like I I um, misspelled the word the Beatles. You know, it wasn't like the bug, but like the artist. Could you uh-huh. imagine if that went into print? I mean, I'd never be able to forgive myself. I had this problem uh, where I had a character named Olivia. And partway through the story, she started to be Oliva, which is not a name that I know of. Uh, and it, I couldn't see that. It took an editor to see that and go, wait a minute, you missed a letter here, dear. Well, maybe Oliva is going to be the next Coraline. I heard that maybe. was spelling from Neil Gaiman when he did some email to somebody. And he thought, oh, I kind of like that name. And it became a thing. It was. Can you imagine the difference if that book had been called Caroline? That feels like a whole different novel. Yeah, short story, whatever it was. I guess it was a graphic novel and a book and a movie, but yeah. (laughs) It depends who you want to argue with. (laughs) So what brought you to writing? Because I understand you're actually a photographer. Yes, I am not a writer. Nope. I never thought that writing was something that I would be capable of doing. And because of the dyslexia, I, I limited myself and I shouldn't mm-hmm. have. Shame on me. I actually ended up looking up other authors that are dyslexic and uh, Christy Agatha, Agatha Christie, see? Well, same thing <laughs> already. She was dyslexic and she sold, what, four billion books. She's so. one of my favorites. Yep. And she said that writing is such a, uh, I don't know. Oh, shit. Baby's crying. <gasps> it's okay. It's okay. All right. All right. No, I totally don't know what I'm talking about anymore. We're talking about Agatha Christie and her dyslexia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said that something along the lines of it's such a a, a wonderful thing for people like her to be able to express themselves in writing. And she's so right. I limited myself. And how dare I? How dare I tell Mm -hmm. myself I can't do something because of some sort of handicap? That's just ridiculous. But it started as a nightmare. I have very vivid dreams. And... It was a nightmare that I kept talking about with my husband and thinking, you know, this this has something to it. it there's a lot of depth and character and intrigue. And, and while experiencing it, it was terrifying. It's actually very interesting to talk about. And you know what? I'm, I'm just because I take a picture a day every single day. 
and of my family, of my children, of myself. And I've been doing that for two years now. And so that's a daily discipline and a daily routine. I thought, let me just write one paragraph out to get this thing out of my head so I can stop thinking about it. And then in six weeks, it was 46,000 words and it was done. Wow. And I made it my daily discipline. I said, every day I will write. And it ended up as a paragraph turned into a page, turned into a thousand words every day and it was done. And then I got a headache <laughs> and I had to go buy, I had to go buy those little glasses that filter out the blue light from the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to wear those now. And I started getting motion sickness from, from typing so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so I'm taking a vacation, but actually I just did start a new little uh, episodic on Kindle Vella. So we'll see what happens with that. Oh, that's cool. I think you're the first person we've talked to who's using Vela. What do you think of it so far? The bonuses are awesome. <laughs> I first, when I when I had the editing done for The Immortal, I broke it down into episodes and put it on Kindle Vela. And just while I was waiting for my format artist to finish formatting it so that I could put it, because it was a brand new thing, Vela has just been out since the summer. I hadn't heard of it before. And I thought, oh, what do I have to lose, you know? While I'm waiting for my format artist, I'll throw it on there and see what happens. And I have no following. I am not a writer. Nobody knows who I am. I do not exist. So I, of course, you know, that reflected on uh, my readers and things like that. I think I got two people to read the story all the way through. Mm -hmm. But the bonuses paid for me copywriting my book. It paid for my cover artist. And it paid for some of my advertising. So, yeah, if you have a book on the back burner or that didn't, you know, quite make the cut for publishing, I would highly recommend throwing that sucker up on Vela. What are these bonuses of which you speak? Oh, yes, these bonuses are quite nice. (laughs) Okay, so for me, I had 17 episodes. I posted them all up in one month and did a little bit of advertising just in my own little group of people, you know, family, friends, and things like that. And at the moment, Kindle Vela gives you 200 free tokens if you're new to reading, which is worth $1.99. And that unlocks, you You get the first three episodes for free. And that unlocks, oh gosh, I'm doing a Kindle Vela commercial. I'm sorry. And that <laughs> unlocks, um, depending on how long the chapter is, it unlocks up to 10 of my episodes. Uh, then if you wish to purchase more tokens, 200 tokens are $1.99. And then you can also give episodes thumbs up and uh, the Vela's that you like the most, you can give them crowns. And so the first month bonus, I got $347. Whoa. And then the second month, I did absolutely nothing. I sat on my hands and I did nothing. And I got a $70 bonus. Interesting. So I don't know. Amazon's like, we got a problem. Let's throw money at it. So <laughs> go pick so, up some money from Amazon. Maybe jump on this real quick before they decide that it's now successful and they don't need to give bonuses anymore. <laughs> exactly. Now is a good time to maybe, you know, yeah, to try out a new platform. And so I'm just leaving it alone. And then I did start the new series, which is called Lily. And I'll every week, it's it, it's not professionally edited, but I do have a proofreader who's 
kind of looking and seeing any big mistakes. But I think people are more forgiving on Vela's. They understand that an episodic is not going to be as polished as a novel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm throwing that up there once a week. And there's a nice group on Facebook too. I think it's pretty much all the authors just reading other authors' works right now. (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of authors are really avid readers. So I I feel like that's not a bad market to have. Not at all. And I'm learning so much from from people and their experiences, you know, and the ones that um, have have been around a little bit longer than than I have because I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing yet. So I'm grateful for any advice from anyone. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about this community. I feel like authors are really supportive of each other. Yes, yes they have been wonderful. There hasn't been any... Um, I don't know animosity or anything everyone's just like hey what are you writing that sounds creepy <laughs> great <laughs> so on the creepiness scale are we talking like are you afraid of the dark or like stephen king where where are we here oh oof. not stephen king okay i would say i've said his name before but i would say neil gaiman it's contemporary fantasy there's not a lot of contemporary fantasy works out there and there are some dark images that i suppose you could dwell on and make darker if you Mm -hmm. wanted to but the scenes are fast the transitions are fast and so it's not something i think that would cause you to have nightmares it is something that was a literal nightmare for me but uh, uh there are mass murders. There is cannibalism. There's a near-death drowning. <laughs> but it's, it's not too like scary. Whatever. There's just cannibals and mass murders and drownings. But it's fine. It's, it's fine. And, you know, Vikings. <laughs> but they're cute, so who cares? <laughs> I really want to read this now. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm a big chicken. I can't watch scary things, but this is, you know, it seems to be okay. Uh, Okay, so um, basically, it sounds like your method for writing was to just say, now I'm going to write and this is going to be a thing I do. Yes, it's not a goal. It's a rule. You're going to brush your teeth. You're going to write today. You're going to change the baby's butt today. And then you're going to write today. (laughs) I think that's an interesting shift. It's not a goal. It's a rule. It's a rule. Mm -hmm. How many rules do you have? Oh, I have, you're going to write today, and it's not going to be boring. And that's it. Oh, okay. That seems like a reasonable number of rules. Yeah. Did you ever get stuck? Oh, on this book, no. No, I didn't. It just, um, because I had so many breaks in between with the distractions of everyday life, I was able to immerse my daydream and figure things out. And mm-hmm. no, on this book, I never got stuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you um, being full-time mom right now and just like stuck in the house with two children all the time? Yeah, basically. It's, it's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> My little monsters. But I never would have written this book if it wasn't for them. Yeah. Because I would yeah. have stared at a screen and I would have gotten stuck. Mm-hmm. And I think the moving around and having to really value my time for screen time made a difference for understanding that the story will go on. 
and the the stress and the anxiety sometimes it's in this book and the character emma who's a female protagonist she's 40 years old she's overlooked she's underappreciated i think a lot of us women feel like that uh, she goes to work every day even on her off days you know people take advantage of her and those feelings if i had you know this perfect carefree instagram life it never would have absorbed into me so that I could squeeze it out into this novel. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> you're beautiful. Oh, you shush. <laughs> well, I do love. I do love that your main character's name is Emma. I have to yeah. say, I, I think that's really good taste on your today. part. A well-chosen name. Serendipity. Um, <laughs> I am wondering where is is this book a Kindle only book or can I find it anywhere? No, it's hardcover, and Ooh. I mm-hmm, public I published with Ingram Sparks, so it's Perfect. globally distributed. But if you do want to read it on the Kindle, it's ninety nine cents for the month of November, and Ooh. that's on Amazon. Otherwise, the price is like nine something or whatever, and it's also on Google Books on Kobe. You can go to your local bookstore, which I highly recommend, and they'll order it for you. Support local. Absolutely. Barnes and Nobles has it as well. I just went into Barnes and Nobles and signed a couple of copies the other day. Oh, that's awesome. I felt like so, you know. I've heard some authors have a really hard time getting into Barnes and Noble. It's very, like, dependent on who's running your local Barnes and Noble. So it's awesome. Yeah. Cool. He said, hey, yeah, I said, hey, I'm a local author. Please don't hang up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get my book in the store? And he goes, well, uh, what's your ISBN number? And he said, because my book was is returnable, that yes, mm-hmm. that was the problem. If I had a book that was published through Amazon, for example, that may have been more difficult to get Yes. in the store, but there's no risk for them. And I have the, the commission set that is 55% off of the retail price for them. So they make a really good commission for selling my book and mm-hmm. they're very supportive of local artists. And so he was like, yeah, sure. I'll order for copies. No problem. Come in and sign them. We're not doing events right now, but you can sign them. We'll put a sticker on saying that they're signed and good to go. And then awesome. actually when I showed up, he said, we only have one book left. The other three already sold. And I'm ordering oh my 10 God. more. <laughs> and I was like, shut your face. No, you didn't. He's like, yes, I did. I just wanted to hug him. Like, oh, we can't do that. But it was great. <laughs> Let <laughs> me jump in here more. and make sure that listeners understand, because this is one of those things that I see pop up again and again and again in forums about Ingram Spark. People say, I set my discount to 55%, but the bookstore is saying it's only 40%. There's a reason for that, that what you set in Ingram, Ingram still takes a cut of. So bookstores expect a 40% or thereabouts discount. If you set it to 55% in Ingram, you're making sure that they actually get that cut. If you set it lower, if you set it actually to 40%, they don't actually get the 40% discount. They get some denomination of that. So just a pro tip for those out there. Uh, Ingram does take a cut. So, but you're doing it all right. Doing returns, setting that at the lowest possible you can set it is a great choice. Um, I'm glad to hear that you've gone wide with it because I, I like to buy things from my local indie bookstore as well. Now, where can people that you're on Vela, 
Where can people find you if they want to keep up with what you're doing? Do you have like a website, social media, any of that fun stuff? I'm so cheap. I have a Wix <laughs> website. <laughs> That's okay. But I do have a Wix website, but it's complicated. But, you know, just use the good old Google engine and just put in EG Creole. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, hopefully the SEOs or whatnot will, will pick that up. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm actually Eva Creole Photography. Okay. I've been doing photography a lot longer than writing. I did start a TikTok up because, I don't know, because there was something called hashtag book talk. So I was like, oh, I'm in for that. And <laughs> so I'm on the TikTok, I'm on the Facebook. And and uh, if you're looking for Kindle Vela, you can, if you're on a smartphone, the Kindle Vela app works. If you're on an Android, you have to go through the browser on your phone to access Vela. Oh, moment. good to know. Okay. Yeah. So you don't get like the notifications if you follow people's stories and things you just have to go in and remember to check up on them and if, well, if i could do a plug for somebody you. else for another author, yes please. okay his name is um hoyt hallford and he's a vela writer and he wrote the story uh the dark family secrets or dark family secrets and it's about an 85 year old uh grandmother who gets turned into a vampire <laughs> awesome <laughs> Oh, I'm so sad Shelly's not here. She would love that. Oh, my gosh. It is so funny. It is so gut-busting hilarious. So, Dark Family Secrets, Hoyt Halford. Well, on that note, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for for adding the ambiance of children in the background. (laughs) Screaming, Mom! It's either adorable or creepy, depending. I, I feel like if we added some ominous music over my over my pants, just like if they don't see me, there's like dinosaurs in my home. Oh, they won't see. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>